Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew for our Week 7 NFL DFS game-by-game show. Uh, you know, huge by NATO that we're dealing with, right? We have, we have a lot of the best teams in the NFL just straight up not playing. But we did, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just looking at the schedule. We at least got lucky with the games that are on the main slate. So two teams that are not on the main slate, you know, the, the Broncos Browns do not think we would have had very many core plays there. Then the Colts and the 49ers are the Sunday night game and the saints and the Seahawks are the Monday night game. So we're missing a ton of good teams, but at least the main slate, like, you know, we're not like uh, having to deal with like the chiefs not being on the main slate or the Cardinals not being on the main slate. So at least we have that going for us. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely ugly out there, but it's probably not as ugly as it could have been. Um, and that the showdown on Thursday, no Chubb, no Hunt, feels like one you could possibly sit out, play some NBA if that's your jam. Um, if you guys are going to play NBA, our product is free this year over at Daily Roto. Just head to the site, click free access, you can sign up there. But I mean, we've we've got Mahomes, Kyler, Lamar, Stafford, Brady, Hurts. Like, there's there's plenty of plenty of good. Uh, Good action this week, I think. It should be a fun one. Yeah. Better than last and, week, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually felt going through just like doing my cash shelf so I could register for contests and stuff. I was like, you know, there are there are some plays. Like there are there are multiple, like, I don't know, there are probably seven quarterbacks, I think, who are like potential stack options. So, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't really complain. But we can go ahead and begin with. Uh, a game on the surface that seems like it would have absolutely no plays, which is the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. It's a total of 43, but weirdly enough, because of the pricing and because of the injuries, there actually are plays on all these teams. You know, on the Carolina side, we basically, Chuba Hubbard is not playing the full Christian McCaffrey role, but he's played uh, over 65% of the snaps each of the last two weeks. And Rodney Smith was not even active this last week. They moved him back to the practice squad. Don't know if they'll elevate him again, but he's had, he's had a very good role and he is not particularly priced up at 6,100. Yeah, I definitely agree with your take there. Um, And like the coach speak, they talked a bit about wanting to establish the run a little more and move away from the past. Always hard to say how that's going to come to fruition, but it does seem like, yeah, we've got him. I think the, fifth or sixth highest ceiling on the slate and a pretty reasonable price tag. So look, it's, it's going to be a, a slate where people are going to want to get up to Derrick Henry, but beyond that, I don't think there's a lot of running backs that you're super interested in paying like a premium for. And yeah, Chubba falls in that same price range as DeAndre Swift. So 
definitely an interesting play. How do you take, I guess, like coach speak into account as far as team baselines, you know, do you think they will get more rush heavy? Do you like bump that a few percent or kind of wait to see just because you can never tell based on the game script, what's actually going to happen? Yeah. I mean, so when I, when I went through and did our work on projections, all I did was I made the Carolina offense a little bit less efficient, um, like yards per play wise, because I, I don't want to mess with their run to pass ratios too much. You know, I think just letting the data feed in is probably the, the right, the right thing to do there. And I, I mean, the thing I'm, the thing I'm worried about is uh, people thinking that Robbie Anderson is like a sneaky volume play. Cause I think he had 10 targets last week and I, I just don't, I don't want um, him to be boosted. The, the one interesting note I had on them from a, a skill position player sense is that Tommy Tremble ran a ton of routes last week and played 51% of the snaps for, so it was the first time that he got over 50% of the snaps there. They use him in kind of uh, uh, an interesting way. And uh, Ian Thomas still played a lot of snaps, but he out snapped uh, Terrace Marshall who started out the season as like the clear third wide receiver. And now they're kind of rotating Terrace Marshall, Brandon Zilstra and Tommy Tremble in that role. And Tommy Tremble is a $2,700 tight end. Yeah. Are, are you interested in any of the giants? I know Clarice Tony left the game. We don't have, uh, status update yet for whether or not Slayton could potentially be back this week. Sterling Shepard kind of resumed, I guess, the the alpha role in the passing offense. And that it was, we got a surprise appearance from Dante Pettis. I, I was going to say, like, we have Dante Pettis right now, 11 targets, 61% of the snaps, dead minimum. We have him as a slight value play on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, always, if, always if, feels if bad. Slayton, if Slayton was to play, Pettis would go back to, I mean, it'd probably be an inactive, I think. It would be him or, or Colin Thompson who would be an inactive. Yeah, and then, yeah, Colin Johnson, yeah. And then John Ross mixing in as well. So I think there's plenty of reasons to get away from Pettis, but his price tag was at least notable considering the target volume we saw last week. Yeah, um, but I, I, I think Sterling Shepard is probably the notable one because with Kadarius Tony out, he is playing in the slot. Uh, in games that he was did not leave injured this year, he has nine targets, 10 targets, and 14 targets. So, so you know, I mean, this game will, is probably not like going to be played very fast or very high scoring, but at 5,600, you know, the way DK scoring works, I, I, it would not surprise me if he ends up being a cash play, actually. Yeah, I, th- I can see that. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I think there are pieces in this game. It's not a game to completely stay away from, but it's nothing I'm overly excited about either as far as like yeah. a, a stack. And, and Booker is, is priced up a little bit at 5,500, but I mean, he played 72% of the snaps in the total blowout last week with 12 carries. Like the same role as Chuba, right? Like 70% of the carries, like maybe 10% of the targets. Got to find the end zone. Yeah. All right. Uh, New York Jets at the New England Patriots. I don't think any Jets player is even close to a play. Uh, This is going to be like an all time, like both teams are just trying to run the ball every single down. The, the guy who is interesting is Damian Harris, depending on what the in-game split will be between him and Ramondre, because he Damian just got done having a huge role against the Dallas Cowboys, 18 carries, 101 yards, only played 48% of the snaps. Ramondre played 33% of the snaps, uh, ran five times, but was like running all the pass routes, was basically playing like the James White role, which is hilarious because he's like 245 pounds. But Damien against the Jets is like a potential play. 
Yeah, I mean, they they were talking about Ramondre's pass catching abilities. And so I, I think like the frame of him, it definitely doesn't fit what you think of for a pass catching back. But um, I wasn't shocked to see him kind of usurp Brandon Bolden in, in that role eventually. And it's, it seems right. like they were kind of hinting that could be possible. So I do think that that tends to stick. Damien, man, the, the price just is... I don't know. I guess you hope for some more passing involvement and well, he's got to he, get, he's got to get a hundred yards and uh, yeah, or he's he got to get or two touchdowns. And he only played half the snaps too, which is always like a little bit concerning. So, yeah. Um, I mean, Jacoby Myers, I think it is definitely in play in the spot. It's like the touchdown thing has gone on for so long. He had one last week. It gets called off the board with a penalty, um, but he's 5,300 seeing 30% of the team's targets. Generally, I think, teams prefer to attack the jets through the air versus the ground. So I could definitely see, I mean, you mentioned Shepard might be in people's cash lineups. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jacoby Myers is in some people's just because the target volume is so high and the touchdown, like it's just how, how often can a guy get 30% of the team's targets and 0% of the touchdowns? Uh, The Patriots would be the team, right? The Patriots (laughs) would be the team where they have these very specialized roles I don't know, man. Uh, and, they, they they were all so pumped up and then devastated when he got it called off the board. So I right. I think I think they find him one one of these next few weeks. Yeah. Um. All right. Nelson Probably, Aguilar, thirty seven hundred too. I think he's definitely in. He's option. got a role. Yeah. Yeah. So this will, this next game will probably end up being the, the most stacked game, guys, with, with loads of ownership. We have the Kansas City Chiefs playing at the Tennessee Titans. We have Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, Daryl, and Hardman all pulling through as values. I, I think Daryl is a lock. <laughs> like he, he played uh, he, the role that he just had is better than any game in terms of usage that, uh, that CH had other than CH's very first game where he got all those carries and all those targets, but he got more touches inside the five than CH has had any time since then. And his four targets were more than CH has had uh, in, in any game this season. So, I mean, he played 72% of the snaps. He got the goal line work, uh, McKinnon got four targets, but only caught one of them. So I, I just think he, Daryl is a smash, just a straight smash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, it's always interesting. Cause it's like when you have the split backfield and one of the guys goes down, if the third running back doesn't step up then that second running back ends up substantially out projecting probably any projection we've ever had in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And, you know, there's obviously ways for Darrell to fail. Like 5,800 is steep in terms of his price. Well, if he doesn't, if he doesn't score, because he's never getting the hundred yard bonus, you know, he probably goes. And like one, they don't use the running backs that much in the passing game either. So, and it's like one touchdown probably doesn't, is probably not enough. And uh, one, one touchdown, four receptions and like 85 combo. Fringy. It's like, you're, you're fine with that. You're not stoked. That's right. like he, so like, it's like a lot of people are going to be deciding between Mike Davis at 5,200 and Daryl Williams at 5,800. And I prefer Daryl. I'm on the Daryl side of that. What, um, what do you think the ownership's going to be like on AJ Brown? So he is. I can't prob- figure it out. Probably the cheapest yeah. price we've ever seen. He was like 15, 16% in that showdown slate against the Buffalo Bills. He, he was 3% owned in the captain. Yeah. They, they didn't mention like AJ Brown was kind of like, look, when I'm out there, I've got to go 100%, but I probably won't play a full allotment of snaps until week 10 in an interview. So, uh, but, but they still, but when, when he so was before, on the field, they were throwing to him. That was even before the Bills game. 
And so the game before, I don't even remember who they played. It's all, it's all kind of running together right now. But uh, Rich told me when we were doing our show on Friday last week that he was out there on only passing plays. Like he ran a route on all but two of the plays that he was out there. So basically, or, or he was only not on the field for two passing plays. So like he's just out there to be targeted. And Julio Jones injured his hamstring. I have him out in the projections right now. Um, you know, I don't know if that will hold. And obviously we have this, this huge projection on AJ Brown because, you know, it's Marcus Johnson and Nick Westbrook, Akeen and Josh Reynolds and Cameron Batson taking, you know, the, the other outside role. So, and this is a game where they're going to have to throw, you know, there, I don't really see a way they don't get to 30 passing attempts in, in this game. Yeah. I mean, we kind of felt the same way against Buffalo and sometimes the big dog just goes for 160 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah it's it's insane but i i mean i think aj brown is a cash play um weird weirdly enough i think that henry will be a leverage play i mean henry will be popular at 9200 but he won't be you know the most owned running back the most owned expensive player um you know i like i i guess i don't know what what at what ownership would he have to be to be a leverage play like 20 20 18 is he a leverage play yeah it probably starts to get in around that just because like there aren't other spend up running backs i don't think but you do have Devonta adams cooper cup tyree kill on the slate those are the, the guys that henry will kind of be jostling with for the spot in the lineups so those are guys that are i guess cups pretty material like substantially cheaper um yeah so yeah i don't know um i think you're right though that's where he would start to be a leverage play is if he's in like the high teens yeah um all right, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. This actually will be a, a, a stacked game. Um, like, I think people will use right, – people. I mean, Calvin Ridley at 6,600. Uh, you know, that's very similar to the A.J. Brown bucket. And then Kyle Pitts. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll test how much people remember that London game from two weeks ago, but his role was the best. Uh, Corderell Patterson is priced all the way up at 6,300 on DraftKings and at 8,000 on FanDuel. Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell Gage is back this week, which changes their target distribution a little bit. And then, you know, I, I don't really know what to make of Mike Davis. You could argue we are a little bit low on his, his stuff. I mean, we have him projected higher than his fantasy points per game, but, you know, of course, giving Patterson a real role as both a rusher and a receiver makes it hard for, you know, it's hard to project the Falcons backfield for 30 combined fantasy points. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think unpacking the London game is obviously important because they did use Patterson as a wide receiver a lot in that game. Calvin Ridley was not active, was not on the trip. And so Pitts did see his season high target volume, had a breakout performance prospect people were hyped on coming to the season so i could see it sticking but probably not at the same level it was i do still think calvin ridley is the kind of alpha in the offense and with only a 700 gap in pricing between those two guys i think calvin ridley is probably the play for me but yeah that combined with gauge back i think patterson and mike davis will compete for snaps out of the backfield i don't think patterson's going to see the same level of target volume that he is um seeing over the like last week, I think you'd be better off looking at the first four or five weeks of the season rather than the game where every wide receiver on their team was inactive. Was out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I will, maybe I will tweak the Mike Davis projection a little bit right now. He's not hitting any optimals, but he will be, you know, a popular play against, against the dolphins. The, the, the guy who is 
going to be the most popular play from this game is going to be Waddle coming off of that absurd performance against uh, against the Jaguars. And I think not just because of the touchdowns, but because the usage was like so obviously valuable. Like he, Jalen Waddle was basically their running back one. Like they were just using like four yard throws to Jalen Waddle instead of running the ball. I, I think they had 14 running back carries and they were all evenly distributed between Gaskin, Brown, and Ahmed. Um, yeah, the running game was not working for them against the Jaguars. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if you have a status update on Devontae Parker, whether or not that's a long-term or short-term thing, but he I, did I have him game, out, but so. I think he could be back. Yeah, um, and so, so, like, Waddle saw 28% of the team targets. Man, there was nothing more frustrating. I had all those Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Antonio yeah, Brown double stacks back. a couple weeks before with, like, goose eggs from Waddle, and then the a week later he goes off. So that was quite frustrating. I think um, – I, I prefer Jacoby Myers, I think, outright over Waddle, especially if Devontae Parker's out. If Devontae Parker is back, if he's active, then um, I think Waddle's probably out of consideration. If he's, you know, if he's out again, then I think Waddle would probably project a little bit better than Sterling Shepard, a little bit um, right alongside Jacoby Myers. Probably. Yeah. Um, all right, next game, the Washington football team at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, for the Washington football team, it's basically uh, if Logan Thomas doesn't come back, Ricky Seals-Jones is basically Travis Kelsey. I, I don't have, at this point, I don't have any interest in, in Gibson. Uh, his, his role his role is just not good enough. You know, the role, the role just sucks. Is, is, yeah, just I mean, what it is. Um, he, he did leave the game early, went to the medical tent. He'll definitely be on the injury report. I haven't seen the results of the MRI, but um, – like J.D. McKissick, I think, would be a pretty strong play if Gibson is going to miss. It's a negative game script for Washington. They should be behind. And then when Gibson went down last week, they did not turn to Jared Patterson. Now, they might mix him in more than they had otherwise, but it was J.D. McKissick who started to handle the majority of the carries. He had 42% of the team's carries um, with Patterson just touching the ball once out of the backfield. And then McKissick had 25 26% of the team's targets. So, He's priced at 5K. Um, he's kind of priced for the role that he has right now, which is a third down back. And it seems at least like early indications are that they don't fully trust Jared Patterson. So um, it was also a, uh, not like the super negative game script, but they they were trailing late in the game against the Chiefs. So I think McKissick would end up being one of the stronger plays on the slate if Gibson was to miss. De- yeah, definitely. He would be. the The Green Bay side, I guess, it's, uh, you know, you, you pick your poison with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. The, the issue with uh, Aaron Jones now is that this, you know, this role that we imagine for A.J. Dillon as the, the salt, the game away guy. I mean, it, it, it's real, right? 15 carries in the win against Pittsburgh, uh, you know, plays 33% of the snaps in the win against Cincinnati, plays 42% of the snaps against Chicago. Like it's the, the, the role where we were like, yeah, Aaron Jones is going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is going to be Jamal Williams. Like, A.J. Dillon is Jamal Williams now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Aaron Jones did had, still had value in that same role last season. So you're still going to get a couple breakout games from him. It's just hard to rely on it as consistently. Like, he is probably going to end up being a positive leverage play for large field tournaments. I think he'll be one of those running backs that – like people will pay up for Henry, but they're not going to pay up for Aaron Jones. He's going to be in the five to 10% own range will probably happen with like 10 to 15% optimal line of probability. So MME, I'll probably get over the field on him. Um, but obviously Devonta Adams, 
one of like just one of the safer and highest ceiling plays in the slate every time he plays, especially against this Washington football team defense that's given it up through the air to basically everybody that they face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Adams, I get the only question with Adams is if you play him in cash uh, or if, or if you play Cooper cup uh, and I, you know, to, to be honest, it feels, feels pretty close between yeah, those two I feel, guys that uh, I feel like you're always point. on team Tyreek. Like if you can only play up, pay up for Adams, Tyreek or Derek Henry, I feel like you're always on team Tyreek. Is that the case again this week? Are you worried about this? Like, I mean, I played, Ad- I played Adams in cash last week and it felt real bad, felt uh, real, okay. real bad. Uh, I mean, I'll just do whatever the projections, whatever our, like if our stuff has Adams in the optimal, I'll probably play him. And if it has Tyreek, cause the, the, I think it's a $300 difference between the two of them. If that, if that money ends up mattering, then I will probably play Tyreek, but yeah, or, or cup or cup, you know, whoever, whoever ends up being the strongest value in our stuff Sunday morning is, is probably who I'll play. I'll get, I will guess that it will be Adams because, uh, I mean, it, right now at 33% of the targets, that's actually way lower than what Adam's actual market share. I think his actual yeah. market share is 38%. I mean, if I gave, if I gave Devonta Adams his actual target share, he'd project for like 30 DraftKings points. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's almost like Derrick Henry in a way where you're just like, okay, no wide receiver ever can sustain a 40% target share. <laughs> so it's hard to project Adams to where he has been um, for sure. Same thing with the red zone usage as far as the team's touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's it for that game. All right. We have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, I guess are interesting because Bateman came back and, you know, was not a, was not a, a full-time player second on the team in target share did play uh, 65% of the snaps was targeted six times. He's 3,400. I, I kind of like him as a tournament option with, with Lamar. It's like the first time a cheap guy has ever been usable in tournaments with Lamar. Yeah, so Sammy Watkins missed last week, so we'll have to pay attention to the news there as far as it impacting Bateman. Bateman also left the game early with an injury, but they said that they're not worried about it long-term. Same thing with Latavius Murray, left the game early. So when you look at last week's, I mean, you saw Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell all scoring touchdowns, but uh, the workload was pretty split between um, those guys, and, and I think that probably continues so um, it sounds like Livian Bell has been added officially to the active roster. They used all their practice squad call-ups. So I expect it to be a rotation at running back again. Bateman, if he is healthy, practices in full this week, definitely interested as long as Watkins sits. If Watkins is back, I think that does start to eat into maybe the expectation that you would have for Bateman, who does profile somebody who's going to play majority on the outside, which is where Watkins was running before. Yeah. So yeah, that is, so Watkins status is going to be important for this week, both for Marquise Brown's projection uh, and Rashad Bateman's projection and Mark Andrews projection. Cause right now that they, they're all, uh, you know, potential plays The the, I mean, the interesting thing is I, I wonder if people are, are not as into playing Lamar after the, the blow up last week, you know, cause we got Kyler, we got Mahomes, we got Stafford and like the all time, nut spot like if we could if we could get uh eight percent on Lamar this week that would be incredible yeah it definitely would be and it does seem like the the type of week where the quarterback ownership should be pretty spread out yeah so I I'm pretty into playing Lamar and Lamar I know it didn't it did not happen last week but this is the most pass heavy Lamar's ever been uh in his career which you know I Andrews is the best guy to stack with him, but I still think you can get away with double stacking him at this point. I, yeah, I agree. And the bringbacks are, are 
very appealing. Jamar Chase, 6,100 or 6,200 rather. And then T Higgins at 4, Yeah, they have, they have nuked T Higgins price, uh, 49. And, and, uh, we talked about this on the, the Gill cast this last week. Like, I don't know, is it wrong that T Higgins projects this well every single week? And I, you know, I, the, the peripheral numbers are still basically there, like in terms of routes run and targets and everything. It's just that the Bengals have been a lower volume offensive team than we thought. And, and Chase is the A dot guy. Like Chase is, has the higher A dot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've definitely been more run heavy as well, um, though it does not seem like the matchup where they're going to be able to do that for the entire game. So I think those are definitely the things that you're battling with every week when you're trying to project T Higgins versus Tyler Boyd versus Jamar Chase. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the, okay. The Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Rams. So I, my, my flag plant this week is that Stafford can literally throw like eight touchdowns here. Like I, I literally, I literally think that Stafford can go so absolutely nuclear here. And the, I mean, the matchup stuff is obvious, but the other thing is McVay is one of these coaches that we know cares about the narrative. Like when, you know, when Gurley was his guy, they would like, they, they really wanted to get Gurley the rushing title. And so they were, you know, giving him carries and like meaningless week 17 games and and he also was uh talking this last week about how like things ended kind of bad between him and Jared Goff and that 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 relationship actually has some resentment <laughs> in it and so I just I think Stafford I, I I like he can have a Brady game basically is what I'm saying like he can have a 450 and five game here for sure I mean we we touted the Stafford doubles last week um just because Henderson was going to be one of the more popular running back values and it actually profiled similar to the Brady game against the Dolphins. And the difference is this week that like everything is allowing for some ownership, at least to come on to these players, just because you have the 32, 33 point team total. You've got last week's box scores. You've got Cooper cup playing like Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill. And the pricing is flexible enough to make it work on the slate. The doubles with Robert Woods or Tyler Higby are reasonably priced. You can mix in Van Jefferson as well. So a lot of stuff is just setting it up for like the ownership to pile on more than it did last week. So that's the only concern. That's the only reason I think it's a slightly worse spot, but yeah, you gotta, to what you gotta do is you gotta stack them. You gotta stack them with D Hendo who's 6,600 and you gotta use, you gotta use uh, Woods or Higby. Yeah. That, I mean, that was my miss last week was a lot of the doubles having Van Jefferson and Woods, but no Henderson on those teams. So I don't know, I guess um, on the Detroit side, it's a Jared Goff or Ren's spot as well, but that doesn't seem like it's going to go quite as well for him. I, I will be doing no bring backs with my Stafford double stacks. I will. Uh, well, I don't, maybe, maybe you could talk me into um, a, uh, a, a Trinity Benson or, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown at 4,100, I guess I've seen, I guess I've seen worse bring backs. Uh, I, w- I wish Hawkinson was a little bit cheaper, but 5,100 for Hawkinson on DK feels a little bit rich. Yeah. I want to monitor the Lions practice reports too, just because DeAndre Swift did get 72% of the team's carries last week. And he, I mean, he's leading slightly over Jamal Williams in the season. Williams was questionable going into that game. So um, if he's questionable going into this game, if he's limited in practice all the way through Friday, then potentially we're light on DeAndre Swift's workload. He's still priced as if he's in a backfield times share. So if he ended up getting 70% of the team's carries to go along with, you know, his 18% target share, then I think he'd be a pretty strong play regardless of the tough matchup, but otherwise probably off the depth 
pieces. Like, I mean, you can chase it all you want, but Amon Ross, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, like Cotter L. Hodge, like they're all like, I don't know. You're liter- I mean, you're literally, you're literally hoping for a fourth. You're flipping quarter, a like, coin for these, like from, but it's like a, it's not like flipping a coin with like the Tampa wide receivers. You're flipping like a terrible coin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the, the the problem is it's just that Jalen Hurts is taking all the touchdowns, all the usage, like Miles Sanders, don't want to play him. I, I'm not even really interested in Goddard with with no Hurts. I mean, Devonta Smith would be uh, the, the Eagles receiver that I am interested in. And then on the Raiders side, I mean, we just have this, like Darren Waller, they just won't target him. Like his we, he had... Uh, that crazy 19 target game in week one, his max targets since then have been eight. Uh, his best receiving yardage since then has been 65. He's got two touchdowns on the year. Like the, the role is, is fine, but is it a $6,700 role? I mean, really probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, we touted that Hunter Renfro was an issue for Darren Waller. We just did it last year before Waller broke out. We did it yeah, this now, year and now Renfro is coming through and, and is a positive value at 4,800. <laughs> yeah. So those two guys have pretty strong negative correlation. If you want to bet against Hunter Renfro, backing Darren Waller is probably one way you can do it. Uh, it's probably the one of the lower owned spots you're going to get for Jalen Hurts, too, just because yeah. he's like he gets there like it might not for real life NFL it might not get there they're dead at halftime a lot of these weeks but he definitely gets there in the end and the single stack with Jalen Hurts is going to be very cheap with Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard yeah yeah no you're you're definitely right I mean and and you could even um you know you could build your game stacks for another game and then just sub the quarterback out for Jalen Hurts that's that's something I like to do with these um these running quarterbacks but yeah I, I'm in. I'm in on that. But this game is is not really that that interesting to me. I thought I thought you might be uh, ready to back Henry Ruggs, kind of priced in that uncomfortable range. But yeah, that's that's the thing is that uh, fifty five hundred for Ruggs is like. Uh, I mean, he he's just got you know. He's, if he catches a seventy five yard bomb, he gets there. Like he's he. If I was playing MME, which I have not done this year, I've just been doing single entry and three max. I think he's kind of a, a thin single entry three max play but if i was yeah. if i was doing mme this year every week i would just be like you gotta you gotta play seven percent henry rugs or something yeah i feel you uh the houston texans at the arizona cardinals so the the questions for the cardinals are basically uh you know two two wide receivers get there pretty much every single game right hopkins green kirk rondale pretty much two of them get there every game so the question is, one, how much does Zach Ertz play this week? You know, I, I have him projected for a pretty conservative role at about 10% of the targets that, you know, that is less than the role that Max Williams was playing. If he plays more than that, he really nukes, uh, you know, Rondale's role because Rondale was, Rondale played the most snaps he's played last week, but was still clearly fourth in line behind Kirk and AJ Green. I, I think if you play Kyler, you want to double stack him though at this point because he's really not running that much. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll still run when it matters, which is in the, the red zone. zone. Um, I think the issue is like DeAndre Hopkins is almost off the table for me every single week just because he's, he's got like projected like an alpha. And he's, yeah, so um, and we say like the, one of the cards wide receivers gets there every week, but like getting there has been like, 20 fantasy points instead which, of like 37 which yeah. don't get me wrong if like rondell moore gets you 20 at 4400 that's great but if deandre hopkins gets you 20 at 7700 that's definitely not going to do it so 
I, I think the Kyler's spreading it around enough. You could go single stack, especially with Zach Ertz potentially in the mix, and just try to hit well, on one. You, so Green, so I think if more. you play Hopkins, you single stack it. But I think if you are doing uh, Rondale, AJ Green, Kirk, I think you double probably, and just hope that hope that he throws four touchdowns, like the Bucks, like he throws four touchdowns to those two guys. Yeah, and and I mean the other thing is like we have seen, we've seen teams able to rest their quarterbacks at the end of games against the Houston Texans. And yeah, it wouldn't be shocking if that happened. It did happen with Josh Allen and um, it happened. I mean, with Stafford last week when he went nuclear in the first three quarters, he ended up sitting the fourth. So it could cap the ceiling a little bit there. Um, but I definitely think, yeah, and like the cards have been running the ball almost 50, 50. Run yeah, J- James Connor is the galaxy brain play here. That is, that is the true galaxy brain play. Cause he has, I mean, he's taken over the rushing share of the backfield. He's gotten um, he's gotten a ton of work the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. He got he got 16 carries in that win against Cleveland. He got 18 carries in the win against the Rams. He has five rushing touchdowns on the year. Um, yeah, it was like the perfect storm last week too because they were just getting like short fields and turnovers and and big leads. So definitely, I mean, it, it seems like it's it's profiling more for like the James Conner 15 carry workload than it is for like a Chase Edmonds pass happy game script. Yeah. Um, and then our final game, the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sad. It's just not happening for Fields. Um, you know, Mooney, Mooney is the guy who hits optimals every once in a while because he's got, I mean, he and Allen Robinson basically have the identical target share. Uh, Mooney's, Mooney's been, has scored more touchdowns, but, you know, I, 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 the only guy I would consider is Khalil Herbert based off of the workload that he got last week, but I don't know. $5,200 running backs, Khalil Herbert or Mike Davis. I don't, you probably are maybe even taking Mike Davis. Yeah. This, I mean, this is the last game in the slate, the latest start of any of the games. Um, I think the, the Tampa wide receivers, people have a hard time picking them, whether it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, if it's two of them, but one of them's getting there most weeks. So trying to get in the MME sets, trying to get over the field on all of these guys in three max single entry stuff want to see where the field goes i think godwin at his price at 5900 has the most appeal he's had one ceiling game this season the the floor has been pretty steady for him and it could be another spot for a ceiling game from chris godwin Um, i do think you can double stack brady and if you are going to go down the path of double stacking brady herbert at 5200 or mooney at 4600 mooney's actually had a bigger role in Allen Robinson um, over the course of the season. And that has sustained since Fields has taken over as well. So um, Mooney, a guy who is going to get some of the down the field plays, 32% of targets last week. He's up to 29% over the last four and 27% of the season. So definitely has emerged as like a, not a clear wide receiver one um, just because the play count and passing volume hasn't been there. But I think in, in this game, like you just hope, the coaching staff realizes they have to play a bit more aggressive. Um, maybe it will take a two touchdown deficit for them to do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, would you, would you be interested in playing Brady this week? I mean, I do think he, he will kind of be forgotten about. So he's priced up at 7,700. You know, we got Mahomes, we got Kyler, we got Lamar, we got the, the narrative spot for Stafford. Uh, I, I do think Brady will come in at, you know, kind of relatively low ownership. Yeah. I mean, of course, got to be, I mean, the 30 point total, like yeah. the, the price is a little uncomfortable for sure. Um, 7,700, like I'd rather get over the field on the wide receivers, but um, 
if Brady ends up at like 2% ownership or something like that, then I'm definitely interested. If he's like 8%, I think we just on ceiling, we prefer Mahomes, Kyler, Lamar, Stafford, and have him right alongside Hertz, who's a considerable discount. Um, but like the ceiling gap between Mahomes and Brady is four points. So it's just like one passing touchdown of variance. I do think if Brady's going to get there though, like on the slate with this many good quarterback plays, I think you're probably going to need the game to stay competitive. So I probably would um, try to mix in the, the bears as bringbacks. And uncle Len, I mean, uncle Len, he just keeps, he just keeps getting there at 6,400. He's one of the best plays of the entire slate, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had a real role. Like um, it, t- it took some people a little longer to warm up to uncle Len than others, but uh running back against 60 percent of the team's carries plus work in the past game on one of the best offenses in the nfl i uh, gotta consider him on most slates yep all right there we go that is uh that is all the games should be a good slate i will be uh in the lab working on projections all week we're we're definitely in the part of the season where like we're not going to know about some injury stuff until sunday morning uh julio jones will be monitoring uh as a pretty big one but there are there are lots of injuries this week so be there Sunday morning, and uh, I will be back on Friday with Rich. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.